Welcome mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. I hope wherever you are listening, you are having a great day. Uh, I know life's a bit challenging at the moment. I'm in Melbourne and recording this and still in stage four lockdown and closely looking at the average numbers, but I think the closer that we're getting closer. So that is exciting. I'm also very excited to have with me today, Joe, who is a certified executive coach, trainer, and facilitator. She specializes in working with women mid-career as it's such a pivotal time, something that we all know about as working mamas. She supports future female leaders who want to get where they want to be with dignity and lead with grace. I love this because it's something that as you'll soon hear, Jo is recently returned back from maternity leave and definitely very passionate about supporting women after maternity leave who have lost confidence and definitely empowering them to get their mojo back. So welcome, Jo. Thank you, Karina. It's so good to be here to chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to it because I'm also very passionate about this topic and only a few weeks ago uh, released another solo podcast just about return to work. And it is something that I know that you don't think about really at the start of when you fall pregnant about the return to work, but it's such a big topic when you're going through it, isn't it? It's absolutely huge. And you're totally right. When you're going off on maternity leave, you're normally focused on well, firstly getting a baby out of your body somehow and then how to look after that baby and that is such a big focus and such a big shift especially if you're a first-time mum and so we often don't think about the what's next because we feel we have to go 100% all in to motherhood and we normally do to survive that crazy crazy journey but we come out the other side eventually, most of us do. And that phase is such an interesting one and it can be filled with so many challenges. I've been there, I've had my own challenges and I love to talk about it with other people to see if, I guess the experiences that I've had and my clients have, if they can be shared and help other people, then fantastic, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to getting into today's chat. So how about we really kick it off and... How would you best describe yourself? Oh, I think the key things about me is I've always been a really, for want of a better term, a people person. So I really love trying to look at what makes people tick, what makes people who they are, what makes them think the way they think, very much around psychology, really. And I, I studied psychology and it's always stayed with me, that feeling of want to understand people and how they think and behave. I'm also super passionate about things like equality, diversity. This is so important. This is why in my coaching business, I really wanted to focus on, like you introduced, future female leaders and women mid-career because it's such an important time. So now I, I help and support other people through coaching and through training. And I also work at Lifeline as a, as a crisis telephone counsellor. I've done that for about nine years. A big one, I'm now a mum. So I've got a 19-month-old bubba, little boy. And so I'm at the stage of figuring out my new blended identity, I guess. And that's a whole, whole big story, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. And I'm sure that's something, that new blended identity is something that we'll get into. Yeah. And so, Joe, you've talked about your where you are now with your career. What has been your career to date? Well, I'm on my third career now. And so when I started out after uni, I went into advertising, which I absolutely loved. I loved the creativity. I loved working in an environment that was all ideas-driven And I worked in creative agencies in the UK, in Europe, and here in Australia. And whilst I love the creative side of the business, I was always really drawn to the people side and people management and hiring teams and building teams. And so I had my first itch to change careers after my first nine years in advertising. And I moved into recruitment over here in Australia, in Sydney. And I absolutely loved it. I'd found my new thing because it was all about 
people. It was all about understanding people and their motivations and, and drivers. And I did recruitment for the advertising industry for seven years. I, I guess I became the, the go-to person that people would go to when they really wanted a consultative approach. And I, in essence, was career coaching many, many people. So people would come to me and say, hey, Joe, look, I know we were going to talk about this job, but help me because I don't think that's the job I want to do. And I think I'm, I'm at a crossroads and I don't know where to go. And we would just have awesome chats, even though there was no way I was going to place them in the role because they wanted to completely change their careers. But I loved that and it, and it came very naturally to me. And in the last couple of years of my recruitment career, I had a few different people say to me, hey, Joe, have you heard about coaching I think you could be a really good coach and that kind of sat with me for a couple of years and when I was ready for my next career transition big change I retrained as an executive coach so I did that a couple of years ago and also moved into training and facilitation and I found my new thing my new challenge my new way of working with people and I guess working with people on a deeper level and helping empower people to change or to learn about themselves or, or situations in a, in a deeper way and that's brought me to where I am today and my I guess my fourth career change would be into mum career so yeah as I mentioned I had my little one 19 months ago and so over the last few months I have been getting back into my career into my coaching and training business after maternity leave Oh, very good. And just on that, so how have you found your experience about returning back from mat leave? And also, I guess, also uh, having your own business as well. Mm. Do you know what? This is something I wasn't expecting at all. And to feel really unsettled about career and work, that was really surprising to me. So I'd given myself permission to take about 12 months of maternity leave. That's what I wanted. That was right for me, right for our family. And after I think about the six month mark, when people started to ask me about, hey, Joe, so when are you going back to work? And what are you doing? What are you doing with your business? And that would fill me with dread, that conversation. And I could feel myself tense up. I could feel myself feeling anxious. And I would just kind of brush it off and go, oh, I don't like those feelings, don't like this conversation, let's change the subject. And that really kept happening for me. So six months in, people started asking that. And then it was a regular topic of conversation, especially as all of my mother's group were returned, starting to you know, drip back into the workforce. And I thought maybe this feeling will pass, but for me, it got worse and it lasted. And I would describe it as being quite a deep feeling of lost confidence. And that was new for me. Like, I've actually always been a fairly confident person. I have made two massive career changes. I've moved countries for work three times. And this was a completely new feeling and emotion and really, really unsettling. And I felt fairly confident as a mum, fairly confident, insert asterisks about all of the normal mum struggles that we all go through I don't at think different you're times. Ever, <laughs> I don't think we're ever confident as a mum. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's exactly what I mean. Like I felt overall like, okay, I'm enjoying being a mum. So what the hell is going on with my confidence when it comes to work? This is freaking me out. And when I talk to other people, about this, a lot of people would say, and people that were already back at work after having children at various stages of their career, everyone would say, hey, Joe, don't worry. Getting back to work is awesome. It feels scary, but once you get back, you can have a coffee and go to the toilet on your own and not have you know, your kid pulling at your leg. And I thought, okay, that sounds great and super easy, but that didn't really land with me because it felt like it was brushing over a genuine feeling and anxiety and fear that I had about getting back into the workforce. And, you know, there's probably a part of this that is different for me because I had my own business. So it's very different having your own business and being master of your own destiny 
to going back into a predefined role with certain parameters that you work within where someone else is saying, okay, this is the role I need you to do. And you kind of know how to do it. You might have forgotten a little bit, but it, it kind of comes back to you, hopefully. So maybe that was an element for me, but I like to talk about my experience because I think, you know, if you've had an experience, there's probably other people that can connect with that. And, and I, I, I like to talk about it because I don't want people to think that that loss of confidence is something that you shouldn't talk about. Because if you don't talk about it, you can't move past it. I think it's also something that a lot of women experience as well as, uh, like anxiety can also be wrapped up in so many different topics and it can be in different ways as well. You know, anxiety about going back to that role, anxiety about leaving children with someone else and they've got to learn how to look after your child, uh, anxiety as well about re-entering into this new normal. Uh, mm. Also with your, with the way that you are set up at home of, you know, between you know, say your husband and yourself of who's sharing some of those mental load tasks as well. So there's so many different layers that are wrapped up into this. And as you said at the start, that when we first fall pregnant and we go on mat leave, we're thinking about how we're going to push out this baby. And as your first time parent, you're going, I don't know how to breastfeed. I don't know how to like, I think the first nappy I changed was my son. So that was <laughs> such a, a roller coaster of having to learn all these new skills and you, you think, oh, I can go back to work. But then you realize there's a whole, you're not just going back to work is what you said earlier. Mm. You're going back to work, but there's a new identity attached to it as well. Absolutely. And I think that it's just, it is such a complicated time for us on so many different levels. And I think when it comes to those feelings that you've got, whether it's anxiety or loss of confidence or feeling unsettled, it's just really important to identify and acknowledge that those feelings are happening so that then you can work out, okay, well, how do I deal with those? Um, so I think that's so, so critical, but it can take a while to figure out. It, it can take a lot of talking with other people and trying to unpick what's going on and find commonalities with others and to help you move forward. Yeah. And really see where those, what is causing it. Um, I sometimes as well, like talking with friends, writing things down and just trying to get it out of your head, I think is really important to understand what's causing all this. And when you start articulating going, ah, okay, Mm. I can start to see the common threads that are, that are around this as well. Absolutely. Getting out of your head. That is such a, such a key one. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. And so you've talked about confidence and I know that as much as people probably don't always want to acknowledge this confidence, when you return back to work is such a big topic because as much as you think, you know, your job, I remember day one returning back to work going, okay, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't. And I even reflect back now going, it probably took me about six months to really transition back. Uh, a lot more than what I probably thought at the time. Uh, And I did have confidence definitely in my skills and also am I still being a good mom and everything else that's wrapped up in there. Why do you think we doubt ourselves and why do you think we lose that confidence uh, when we have our mat leave? Such a good question. And it's something I've been thinking about for, yeah, probably about a year and trying to get under the skin of what was happening for me, but also find the commonalities in what's happening for other people. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that it happens, to acknowledge that we can lose confidence in ourselves in whatever form that takes. And I'm always a big believer in if you acknowledge it, then you can work through it. Um, If we look at why, Why do we lose our confidence? And this is, again, it's going to be so different for everyone. I think that's the big thing about anything mum, parent related is there's a lot of commonalities, but everyone has their own unique experiences and and things that they go through. But some of the things that I've identified that I've been through and and talking with others and working with other people in a similar um, situation is, I think a big one is disconnection. So when we go into motherhood, 
whether it's the first time, second time, fifth time, we, we have to disconnect in a lot of ways from our work environment, from doing the roles that we're used to doing in order to be a mum, to be a parent. Because these little creatures take so much focus, pretty much all of our focus, right? It's, it's actually really hard, in the, certainly in the first weeks and months, to have brain space, capacity for anything else beyond keeping this small thing alive. So we're disconnected from our work world and our work identity. And that, I think, is something that can really underlie your experience. And it's really interesting to reflect on the world that we're living in now. You know, I've been talking to people about disconnection because of this crazy COVID world we're living in. And everyone is feeling this sense of disconnection because we're not physically seeing people, we're not in touch. So if you think about maternity leave, it's similar to what everyone is experiencing now. So it's actually a really good time to reflect on the similarities between COVID world and maternity leave. So I it's think when it... Good, good analogy. <laughs> I only just, actually, I only just thought of that. Hmm, there we go, on the fly. <laughs> so I think disconnection is, is a really big one. And also I think, let's talk about hormones. Now, I am no medical expert. I have no medical training whatsoever. But I think we all know that when we become parents, our hormones do crazy things to enable us to survive and to look after someone else. So I think it's also about acknowledging that whatever stage you're in when you're returning to work, and some people go back really early because they need to or because they want to, and some people go back at, people go back at all different stages. Um, from after their, their child is born and so the role that hormones can play can be absolutely huge especially if it's at an earlier stage so like I said I'm no medical expert but let's not underestimate the impact they have on our thoughts and feelings and emotions and you know I think a lot of women would identify that our hormones in normal world go crazy at certain times of the month and make us think and feel differently so let's acknowledge that that can potentially play a role in making us think differently about ourselves and our confidence. I think another thing that, that happens, um, which is linked to being disconnected from work, is you know, lacking validation. So confidence for a lot of people is, can be built up by being validated, by getting feedback from others, by getting a sense that we're doing something well, that we're achieving something. And, you know, if you're in a really good work environment, hopefully you get regular validation from, from others, whether that's colleagues or clients. And so having that lack of validation in your skills and experience can be really, really hard. And I think that that definitely plays a role. And another factor I think is this, obviously we talked about this identity shift. So our identity fundamentally changed. You know, I use the term, we have a, I have a blended identity now. You know, and it's really hard to have, um, some, sometimes to have different faces. You know, we want to feel like we're one person and not trying to be something in our personal lives and something else in work. So that kind of working out of who am I now and what is my new identity can be unsettling and can lead to issues with confidence. And then I think the last thing that I think is, is important, and there's probably a gazillion others, I'd love to know what other people think, but it's that we can just forget our skills and our strengths from our work world. And because we're not using them probably day to day. So if let's say you're a marketing specialist, you're probably not doing that much marketing when it comes to bringing up your child at home. You're probably just getting through the day, right? So forgetting our skills and strengths and experience means that we, we just can't see what we're good at because we've, we've been deep in another world. So those, I think, that are the main, the main factors that can contribute. Do you no, have any others? What do you think? I think also confidence is something that, yeah, I think as you said, it's about the validation. And it's amazing if someone says to you, even in an everyday, oh, you're doing a really good job or you're 
great at this part of your role. It's it's amazing how you get this little, you know, butterfly yeah. feeling and <laughs> I'm actually doing that. And it's giving you that extra spring in your step to keep going. And I think mm. even this even might be going into a whole other topic about managers and really supporting their employees in that return to work. Because I think as well, we look at return to work as a singular topic. It's an individual, it's a mother or even father returning after parental leave and then they go back in. But I think it's almost almost as well a re-engagement. It's a re, we talk about even from a recruitment perspective, uh, bringing people in and uh, inducting into the workplace. I think we do that really good for new employees. My personal experience is that being reintroduced into the workplace, you think, right, day one you've been here for x amount of years you'll know what to do and then you go but such and such has left they've been this new org restructure or even a new company direction and you're like i feel like a new employee yeah and so your confidence is shot and so for me from a manager's perspective it's i i would actually say as well is treat the returning employee as a semi new employee to help re-induct them into the culture, the organisation about what's going on because that's where you've lost confidence. I've actually had it a number of times where a colleague has said, oh, that's right, you don't know because you were on mat leave when that was implemented. And I'm like, thanks very much for letting me know. And it's been, that was really really um, tough and I think also around the identity that I... I struggled initially of I still want to be that person that I was before I went on mat leave. Mm. And I was like, no, I was doing this job, had these outputs, and I still want to be known for that. Mm. And it was really challenging. And I even had someone say to me, oh, well, you can't travel because you've got a child. And I said, no, I can travel with work. I've got a great tribe around me. My husband as well is very supportive of my career, which I have to say, does give me some extra Mm. confidence that I'm not battling him of oh you know you should stay home with the kids he's very much no we're in this together as a team and that's the way we parent Uh, and so that's that was something for me that was like yeah it's that identity shift of oh you've got a child and I think even for a little while I didn't talk about being a mum so openly people obviously would have assumed I work three days a week and I'm a mum but even recently during COVID I will bring up no I've got a child or people say how was your weekend I was like it was amazing playgrounds were open on Monday like yeah. you know I've I thought no I need to actually integrate this is who I am into my life where I think as well I've I struggled at the start I did want to actually keep my two lives separate mm. um, and I think yeah that was just some of my my thoughts as well just to add to what you've you've already said no, I think that's that's amazing. And I think so many people will relate to what you've experienced, this this thing about do I have these two identities or do I bring my my family identity into work? And again, with COVID, everyone is bringing their, you know, a lot of people are really bringing their family situation to the workplace because the kids are running around in the background or hanging up on Zoom calls that you're having with your boss and demanding to be fed when you're doing an interview for someone or, you know, this is all happening and businesses have to acknowledge that people are working in this completely new world. So I think this is actually an opportunity for working mums, for working parents to to bring those identities actually together so that you're this whole person and you don't feel you have these two faces. I 100% agree. And I think it's very much, you know, we've, as we've talked about, you know, parental leave and now we're, you know, there, there is a big push and a big journey for, for not only just for mums to take parental leave, but also for fathers to also be those engaged um, parents as well. Uh, but really that blended identity that, you know, we talk about women returning back to work, uh, you know, after six, 12, 18 months, but also I liken it back to my husband. He took three weeks off and then he's got to go back to working five days, but come home to a wife that's barely slept and a, and a son that may, you know, be screaming or something like that. But it's also the fathers and the partners uh, that are actually going through this change. And I think, yeah, I think that's where COVID is such a good part of it, that it is that work-life integration um, mm. that has come closer. I know there are there's a whole other topic around the separation of work and family mm. um, because they have become a lot more blended. But 
it is also something that I think that we now, thanks to COVID, can talk a little bit more openly about who we are as a family uh, in our workplaces, that there are guys with, you know, three kids at home or something like that, that they, they can talk about it. So hopefully that helps women that are returning to work as well. Absolutely. And I think, you know, also what you were talking about in terms of thinking about the return to work as a phase, it's not you're at home one day, the next day you're at work and you just switch. Like, I think anyone that tries to navigate that in that way is going to really, really struggle. And I think there's a lot of businesses that are doing amazing things when it comes to return to work um, programs. And, you know, like you said, treating someone as a, as a new employee in re-inducting, re-engaging, acknowledging the time out, it, you know, getting someone up to speed with what they've missed. And businesses that are doing well in this area, I really, really respect. But a lot of businesses aren't really doing this this yet. And it's on the employee to figure it out and make their own plans. So I think a, a really... Um, simple first step for a lot of people is look at your business look at your organization what do they offer and hopefully you already know that there is something on offer and if there isn't ask the question ask the question on your maternity leave what's the return to work process program how am i going to be re-engaged re-inducted if more of us ask that question more businesses are going to be like oh okay we need to think about this we need to plan it we need to treat it like a project and I love what you said about you gave, you know, you, it took you about six months to really start feeling like you're in your groove. And I think that's a great point. Never underestimate the time that it will take. And don't put these expectations on yourself to just be totally thriving on both sides in your first week or your first month. It, it could take you longer. Give yourself that time. And I think also just something to add to that as well is that mental preparation. Is that something you also found, I guess, with coming back to what you were saying earlier around your anxiety and your confidence is also the mental side of things. Like you can physically, as you say, you're on one day, you're physically at home being on parental leave. The next day you're in the office. But I think it's also that mental transition as well of going, okay, I'm going to return shortly. I'm going to you know, be going back to work and just that mental preparation, which for me, I don't think I did enough of. And I've reflected a lot on since is about mentally preparing uh, for those changes. Absolutely. Because, you know, you might get caught up in thinking, okay, well, what's my childcare situation or can I have family help out? How am I going to, what's the day going to look like? Um, Am I lucky enough to be able to travel to work or am I working from home? Do I need to set up a debt? There's so many practical and physical things that you might be thinking about, but what's going on in your head is just as important. So it's recognizing what's happening up there. How am I thinking? How am I feeling about going back to work? How am I thinking and how am I feeling about not being with my child in the same way? That can bring up a whole heap of things for for people. Um, And it's something that, you know, I struggled with it massively. I still struggle with it. I still have days when I question what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and the balance between home and work and being a mom and and going, you know, having that focus on my own career and what I'm working on with other people. And... So looking at your, I guess, your mental game is really, really important. Recognizing what's happening. Is it a confidence issue? Where has that come from? Breaking it down, looking at how you can rebuild confidence. Do you have limiting beliefs at play? Like, what are they? How are they impacting your day, your week, your month, your year? and I think that that's, you know, that's something that can really come up for a lot of people transitioning back to work. And I used to see this in recruitment all the time, working with people transitioning back into, into their roles or new roles, the impact of their own beliefs about their scenario or their new scenario. So just on that around limiting beliefs and also back into confidence, is mm. that, that mental part of it? How can we prepare 
um, even before we go on mat leave about knowing our strengths and really having that reflection. So then we, when we're returning back to work, me even may go, oh, that, we go back into that gray matter of pre, yeah. pre-children of, no, I do have these skills and these are my strengths that we can yeah. lean back on. How yeah. can we really help ourselves overcome some of those confidence issues by, I guess, preparing for the return to work before we even go on mat leave? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, what is the right time to do it? And for some people, I think anything pre-mat leave is obviously you've got so much of your headspace being taken up with, how am I going to do this? How am I going to look after a kid? How am I going to get a kid? (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Help must read a book and then never read a book. I always thought I'd read books on maternity leave about how to bring up a baby. What was I thinking? Wasn't possible for me. Anyway, that's another issue. Um, So I think there's, I would encourage people pre-maternity leave to just have it in the back of their mind that, or even to reflect on, okay, I'm now going on maternity leave. What have I achieved in these last few years of my role? How do I feel about how I'm doing? What have been real highlights, real wins for me? Maybe even write that down. I don't know if you're, if someone, if you're into journaling or whatever, just maybe stick it down somewhere. Write how you're feeling about your career, your role, your achievements, your wins, what you're proud of, because that could be something really, really powerful to come back to later when you're feeling shit, let's face it if that's your experience. And so, and I wouldn't say to spend too much time on it then because your focus is often elsewhere, but to have a moment where you capture that in some way. And then I think when you're on maternity leave and you're preparing for your return to work is treating it like a project and looking at those, looking at where am I at? What are my struggles? What are my mindset issues? Am I lacking confidence? Do I have limiting beliefs at play? Have I lost touch with my skills, experience? Really acknowledge what's going on for you because it will be different for everybody. So for example, if you feel like you just have lost your confidence and you're not quite sure what that is about, it's really worth exploring that and some of the things that I think that I've been through and I've been helping other people with is rebuilding confidence. And you can start to do this at any point, really. And I mentioned before disconnection. So what do we do to rebuild confidence? We get reconnected with people. So one of the tips I I could give would be maybe pick three people from your career, from your work life that you really are are, or used to be very connected with. That could be a manager, that could be a mentor, a colleague, someone who knows you really well and knows what your strengths are, what you're good at, what you've achieved and reach out to them in some way and start to get re-engaged with those people and connect with them. And this is something that I did when I was feeling a bit rubbish a few months ago. And I reached out to someone who'd actually trained me as an executive coach. And I reached out to her and I said, I'm feeling rubbish. I'm really doubting myself. I'm, you know, coming out of the back of mat leave. I've lost my confidence. This, I just don't know what to do. Do I jack everything in? Have I gone down the wrong path? And, and she was amazing. And she was amazing because she knew me. She knew what I could do. She knew my capability and she just talked to me and she just, she really listened, which was amazing. So having that connection, being reconnected with someone like that for me was incredibly powerful. And I then went out and reconnected with even more people and that helped to lift me up. So reconnection, super, super important. I also think that, you know, when you've lost maybe connection with what are your skills, what are your strengths, you could do something like a skills audit, a strengths audit. I've been through this with with one of my clients recently where we literally did an audit. So we looked at identifying skills and experience and we went deeper than just, okay, what are your skills? We looked at 
well, when have you used them? What evidence do you have for your awesomeness? And the client I worked with felt really uncomfortable. She's like, oh, no, I can't do that. But I, I made her reflect on what made her awesome. And that in itself was really, really powerful to kind of reconnect with your own strengths. So doing a skills audit, doing a strengths audit can be really, really powerful. If you want to take that to the next level, you go and you get feedback from other people. Maybe pick again three people that know you. Maybe you pick someone in your family, ask them for a different perspective. What makes me great at what I do? You'll get really awesome feedback, really varied feedback, and you'll be surprised at what people will say. They might pick up something that you're really good at that you just didn't see. So I think that can be, that can be really, really powerful as well. And sometimes be, we can sometimes be our own worst critic of we'll often take the negative rather than actually trying to find those positives. So that's a really good process of saying, yeah, I actually do these things well and acknowledging the positives because I think too quickly we will we'll give a negative rather than a positive on, on how to do something. Well, no, if you ask the same questions to someone of saying, what are three things you're not very good at? They would be able to list them off straight away. But then yeah. if you ask them three things that you're really good at, they'll probably take, a, you know, 10, 20 seconds to actually respond. Absolutely. And I ask people this question all the time. What, what are you good at? And they'll give me one thing and then they'll go to negative for point two, yeah. three. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop right there. We're on positives. Don't go to the negative. So it is this kind of, it's a natural kind of human condition, you know, being self-critical. And that's important for our own growth and development. But if you're in the situation where you're lacking confidence, lacking self-belief, full of self-doubt, you have to focus on the positives. You have to do that kind of shift in your mindset. And for some people, it's easy to do. For some people, it's really hard. Yeah, definitely. And Joe, at the start, uh, as part of your introduction, you said that you were very focused on uh, those mid-career females. And so as we shift now of, okay, so if you're a mum, return back to work from mat leave that you've gone through your transition period. And then you're thinking, right, I want to be able to then take the next step up or uh, I may just think I'm only working three days a week. Can I even put myself forward for a promotion or am I just, I just have to accept who I am uh, at the moment. This is just the phase I'm in, you know, but I also, you know, also want to maybe not sacrifice everything because I still want to be there for my kids but you really still want to progress and mm. grow as a person, both personally, professionally. What do you give advice to for these, for these women? Yeah, I think really good points because I, in my past career as a recruiter, I would see this happening all the time, that stage post baby, first baby or, or, or second or third or whatever, where women would say, no, I, I have to take a lesser option or I have to stick where I am because there's nothing else available for me because I'm just getting back to work. So I think we can easily tell ourselves these stories that become very true for us. And what I guess I do is challenge people on, is that really the case? And again, this is such a personal thing about when you're returning to work what is right for you and your family? So, so personal. Some people want to go and jump into this massive new challenge and go for a new leadership role or change careers or really shake things up. Great. Do that. Go for that. If that is right for you and your family and you've looked at your situation, you think that can work. Awesome. Some people want to genuinely want to take a step back and have something that is perceived as easier to do or less taxing or or less time consuming. That is also fine. I I think the big thing is it's whatever is right for you and your family and then embrace that. What I love to challenge people on is when they say, no, I, I can't go for this promotion or I can't change career or I can't do whatever, because I'm a mum returning to work or because I've had two years out or because I want to work part-time. 
people in that situation, I challenge you and go, is that really the case? Tell me why you think that, why do you believe that? And normally when we kind of start peeling those layers back, we get to reasons why people think that. And that can be because we think we're not worthy, or we think we can't do it, or we think there's no opportunities out there because we've, I guess, pigeonholed ourselves into a box of, I'm a mum part-time, I need to leave at three or I need to leave at five and no one's going to want that. And, you know, we do, we do come up against challenges when we're looking for something specific and we can come up against prejudices from organisations who um, are not very forward thinking in terms of employing people or promoting people after maternity leave. And that's rubbish, but we can't solve that here today. What we can do is say, you figure out what's right for you and then you go for it. And I've got quite a nice example, I think, of, of this with a client I've been working with recently. And they came to me because they had lost their confidence in a big way after maternity leave. And they'd gone back into a role and they'd actually been promoted while they were away. So amazing but they felt That's like they amazing were, it's so cool and I was like okay so what's wrong here because this is an awesome story you're telling me but they're like no I can't I can't be that leader because I'm doubting myself I'm second guessing everything I do I've lost my confidence in a really big way so we went through a process of exploring why that had happened unpicking that and really understanding what it was for that person which was really really unique and when we'd kind of gone through that process and we looked at, you know, doing skills audits and, and strengths audits and all of those things. And then what happened was really awesome because through reconnecting with confidence and rebuilding confidence, that person then realized that they wanted to make a change and they thought about it before, but because they had lacked confidence, that held them back from exploring a change for them. And they wanted to change direction, go for something that they had never done before. And we actually worked through that. And right now I'm waiting to hear if they have been successful in getting their dream job. And they've been through three rounds of interviews, presentations to board level um, people. And that person would have never been capable of getting there a few months ago we're talking like three to four months ago when they started this process so i love that as an example of rebuilding your confidence challenging your self-doubts and limiting beliefs moving through them and then being free to go for what you want go for your dream and actually make it happen in actually quite a short period of time and that's the kind of stuff that that makes that kind of lights me up. That makes me so excited because it is possible. So I hope that that example is maybe even given one person, maybe a bit of inspiration that it is possible to make a change. If that is really what's important to you and not be afraid to go for it. I think that's a fantastic example. And as you say, it's sometimes those what's innate inside you, what's ingrained in you that you've got that in the back of your head. Oh, should I do this? But then you've got your limiting beliefs. You're putting these stories onto yourself. No, I can't do it. But yeah. when you unpack it as what you've done with your client, you're going, well, what's stopping you? Why not? Just give it a go. And what have they got to lose? And But I guess it's the own, as part of that, maybe with your client, it's been the stories that they've told themselves, that we tell ourselves as a mum, oh, no, and, you know, it's probably even what society's put onto us of, oh, no, you're a mum, you can't do this, or you, the, the senior positions, you know, you know if you, if you want to get to the top, don't even think about having kids because that's what we've been told either in society or we've told ourselves. But that's such a good story. And that's why like every Sunday night, for example, I do an inspiring mama story just to share the stories that everyone has a different journey and that you can do it. We can work together to lift each other up, which I think that's a great story that, you know, by overcoming that, her world's her oyster. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the key thing is acknowledging what's going on for you and finding a way to work through it, how you overcome that 
will enable you to move forward. And focus, you know, acknowledging limiting beliefs. I mean, this limiting beliefs is probably a, again a whole other topic, a fascinating area. But knowing that they're happening, unpicking them, and then not allowing them to hold you back, so that you can get where you want to be. That's that's just so awesome. And when you do get where you want to be, whatever that looks like, think about how you're going to feel. That's a big thing I, I do in coaching is get people to imagine, okay, well, where do I want to go? What do I want to be? What do I want, I want to be doing? And this is regardless of whether you're going back into an existing role or doing something new, imagine what it's going to look like. What is it going to feel like for you? And that can be a really, really powerful motivator to make steps to get there. Yeah. And just going back to your client, what was the the biggest change for her like to actually make that so once she'd overcome her confidence what allowed her to really level up and make that that change what what was some of those if we had to unpack it a little bit I don't uh, obviously give too much away but just for other people that can say overcoming confidence and, and going through it what are just some of those steps that you work through with that client I think that confidence was a really, really fundamental part of that. We had to break that down and look at it in depth before we could move forward. Because without having a decent level of confidence, you you can't really go for what you want. You can't like so for, for her, she needed to step into this leadership role. And then it, it, it progressed that she wanted to change. Okay, so that was part two of the story. But in order to step into leadership for her, she had to have this, this sense of self-confidence and, and, and her identity. So that was absolutely critical to deep dive into that. And I think that's what you know, we often struggle to do is to really process and understand what's going on for us. And obviously that's a big part of what we do in, in coaching is because we're working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, we can really unpack things and go deeper in order to help people to move forward. If we don't understand what's happening to us and why it's happening, that's going to just keep holding us back. So, but another part of what we worked on was values. I mean, this hasn't come up yet, but it's, it is important to, to this story is we were looking at, what made her her what were her kind of core values and beliefs and it actually turned out that a lot of what was fueling a lack of confidence was that those values and beliefs were not aligned with the business that she was in fundamentally so that was every day causing her to be unsettled to causing her to not feel right um, again this is probably a whole other topic in terms of looking at why you don't feel like you're achieving in an organization or in a role, but that was something really interesting that came out that we didn't expect at the start of our, our journey. But once we'd identified it, we could challenge it and then work out what the way forward was for them. I think it's also really that we spend so many hours of the day at work and it's really aligning what our personal values are to where the organization is. So if you want a flexible work-life balance, uh, which I know definitely thanks to COVID, a lot of organisations have, have moved that way. But historically, if organisations haven't had that openness to uh, have flexible work and it's something that you crave, it's definitely not part of those values to actually then also from an organisation that you necessarily want to work with. So you're probably also internally going to have those struggles. Um, and I know that that's also where a lot of women, when you're coming back from mat leave, you're saying, look, I don't necessarily want to work five days. I may want to work part-time and they will have those limiting beliefs on themselves as what you've already spoken about that, oh, I won't be able to get that role or I can't change because I want to work three days. But it's really, uh, you never know that when you also start unpacking it on the organization you want to work for, your own confidence, that you never know that you can potentially do the same role as we know working mums are, are really productive you could do that role in three days it's actually a five-day person role so you never know but I guess it's also that confidence not only in yourself but also getting the organization to step up as well absolutely and you can, all you can do is ask all you can do is ask and try and have the conversations and 
I think, you know, if we have a deep set belief that this is not going to work in this role or with this business or they don't support it, then that holds us back from even asking the question. So try and ask the question because if you don't ask, you'll never get. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's really good to tell those stories as, as what you've done to really inspire and support other women that may be sitting on the fence. I was actually only just chatting with uh, a friend the other day said, and she's been with the same organization probably 15 years. And she goes, Karina, when all this is done, I just want to just do something else because the organization doesn't fit her family lifestyle as it is at the moment. And she said, I found myself a career coach to help get me out of, of where I am. I was like, great work. Like that's, that's amazing that you've actually sought that help because after, that's often that the, the first bit of actually recognizing that you need to do that um but it but it can actually be really tough so if women are wanting to make those changes how can we get our mojo back great question and i love that yes get our mojo back i love that word it's so important and it's you know what is your mojo what's your vibe what are you missing what are you seeking um so i think you know look at look at what motivates you Look at your passions, look at your values. Look at what doesn't motivate you. What are the things that you've done in the past that you're like, nah, just, I don't wanna do that anymore, it's not me, right? I think, you know, when it comes to careers, we used to talk about strengths and weaknesses and work on your weaknesses. And I think that's really flipped over the last few years in acknowledging that playing to your strengths is a really powerful thing to do because you can only just keep getting better. So, Look at that for, for yourself. Look at what are your goals? What is your big picture vision of what you want for yourself in your career? Then try and work backwards from that and identify what steps are gonna get you there. And I really encourage everyone to think about making those steps manageable and achievable. That's a big thing that we do in coaching. It's all very much centered around goals and achievable goals you're so much more likely to make progress with yeah so it's about breaking it down and kind of working backwards and i'd say to anyone at this stage in their career when you have been through a process of putting someone else a small person or your whole family first and foremost for the majority of your time think about getting something back for you. You know, often as women, as mums, we can put ourselves definitely second, but often last. And this is a time when you want to think about putting yourself a bit higher in that pecking order. So redressing that balance and focusing on you and investing in you. And that investment can be whatever you want. It can be a time investment. It can be going out and doing your own training there is so much available online there's so many people offering all kinds of free courses and some are excellent some are not but you can find really good resources for kind of whatever you want to learn and, and grow on for yourself um, so go out there seek knowledge seek learning for yourself get yourself a mentor or reconnect with a mentor that you've had previously um, look at coaching if you find that you actually thrive best with one-on-one -on -one support with someone who kind of deep dives with you that's i guess the the benefits of coaching versus you know doing kind of self-paced online learning or group learning and group coaching so just focus on you prioritize yourself invest in yourself in, in whatever way you can i think that's great advice and Joe, is there anything else that you'd like to add just around returning to work and I guess also leveling up uh, in careers? Be kind to yourself. Really be kind to yourself. Try not to put yourself under too much pressure. Try and reduce the expectations as well that you put on yourself. So this is about a balance between your own expectations of what you want to do and achieve and what you want to achieve versus what's right for you. And yeah, be kind, look after yourself, prioritize yourself a bit more than you have been doing and take the time that you need to work out what's right for you. Very good. And as what you said just now about self, what do you do for self-care? Oh, I think 
and I will admit I can always be better. We can all always be better at self-care. Um, what I do is I try my very best to get to yoga at least once a week, just that bit of time to focus on me and stretch my body out. Absolutely love it. And I try and do a PT session. I go once every two weeks because once a week is just not achievable for me at the moment. So I go once every two weeks. That works for me. Um, I tell you what I also love is, and especially coming out of the back of mat leave and COVID of just wearing active wear is sometimes I just want to put on something nice, put my makeup on, put my lippy on and go out for dinner, even if it's 6 p.m. for an hour to get back for bedtime. If I can squeeze in one Prosecco or a, a you know, martini or something, that makes me so happy. Oh my God, I appreciate it so much more than I used to. Um, I like to go for a coastal walk if I can, even if it's once a month, that makes me so happy. And another thing that I've been doing for probably nine years now is I'm a volunteer at Lifeline. So I work on the phones at Lifeline and do a shift every couple of weeks. And that really helps me stay grounded and to have gratitude for my own life and where I'm at and puts in perspective the challenges that I might be having. It really puts it in perspective when you, when you talk to, to people on the phones at Lifeline. And I'm massively passionate about that, but that's a whole other topic that we could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, and I'm sure Lifeline's very busy at the moment. So um, thank you. Thank you for, for reaching out and, and doing the work there because we all know what an important part of mental health is. As what we've spoken about really uh, as an underlying theme today, it's it's not just about physically returning back to work with with mat leave and it's definitely a transition and, and uh, we certainly, you know, take nine months uh, to actually, you know, bear a baby and and get it ready for this world uh and once it's here it you know does definitely it's a transition phase and i think certainly mat leave as well is a transition we don't go from just being on parental leave one day we physically do that but definitely having that transition over the period and and joe thank you so much uh for today it's been a very insightful and very engaging uh discussion that we've had and finally how can people uh, here and connect with you a little bit more. Absolutely. So, and just, I'll just add one more thing on that mental health point for all of the stuff that we've talked about today, loss of confidence, self-belief, self-doubts, all of those kind of things, limiting beliefs. If that for you runs really, really deep and it's really affecting your mental well-being at any stage, whether it's pre-baby, maternity leave, return to work, if it is really, really negatively affecting you, get some help. Mm. Look at counselling, call Lifeline, talk, talk to someone. Like, so I just want to add that in at the end. So thanks for that. Oh, but- I highly, <laughs> I definitely endorse that as well. So awesome, yes. <laughs> awesome. So in terms of connecting with me, um, I'm quite easy to find because I have a really unique name. My name is Joe Gobbo, G-O-B-B-O laugh now and so i'm on instagram joe underscore gobbo underscore coaching i'm a pretty much a newbie on instagram so i'm still learning there so if you see me do weird things that's why um i'm also on linkedin so you can find me as joe gobbo and email is joe jo at joegobbo.com fantastic well joe it, as i said it's been a pleasure uh, and as what we've said return to work isn't just as simple as rocking up after a certain amount of time off uh, back into the workplace there's a lot a lot of emotions uh, a lot of just changes that have really gone on identity shifts uh, and certainly you, i think you've provided some great tools and tips on on really how to unpack those confidences uh, in, in yourself and really get down to the core of what, what are your values, what's important to you and what are your goals. So women particularly can really rise up and thrive uh, and have the life and the career they wished for and uh, certainly can have that in partnership with their new identity and their blended identity, as you said, <laughs> of, of motherhood and also having a career. So thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great chat. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me on, Karina. My pleasure and best of luck.
Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you.